Welcome to Cornerstone Apostolic Church, located at 524 East Pasadena Street in the city of Pomona, California. Our Sunday morning worship service begins at 7, at 8 a.m., excuse me, in our Tuesday night Bible class, which we are in at this moment, begins at 7 p.m. Our prayer is that something is said to enhance your walk with Christ. In Jesus' name, amen. Father, in the name of Jesus, Lord God, we thank you for your goodness. Thank you for your grace and those that will hear your word. Lord God, those that will be introduced, those that are already uh, walking with you, Lord God, we pray and ask that you would bless those that are seeking you to find you. Lord God, you said that you are that you are a rewarder of them that diligently seek you. Father, we pray and ask that you would bless uh, each one under the sound of my voice, Lord God, with a closer walk with you. Lord God, there are questions that need to be answered. There are questions that, according to your will, Lord God, we, we know that you will bring about knowledge and understanding. Lord, you, you told us in your word, and all our getting, get an understanding. Lord, I pray your blessing upon your people. In Jesus' name, amen. Again, our website, our URL is, is www.connectingtruth.org. And our podcast is URL is anchor.fm forward slash God on demand. We're journeying through the book of Ezekiel, and you're listening to a pre recorded Bible class teaching from the 19th chapter. A Sunday morning, we are journeying through the book of Acts, and currently we're in chapter 3. And for those that may not know, this is Pastor Carl Henderson presenting to you the Word of God. want to ask a question. I was reading, and someone gave an analogy. They said, you know, I don't want to, uh, this is not really a question, but more of a thought. I don't want to stand before God and he show me my life. And then he show me what my life could have been. I want to think about that for a moment. You should think about that. What we do, because we're, we're going to stand before the Lord one day or in eternity, and we're going to give him an account for our life and everything that has been done in our life. And we're going to stand before the Lord as his children, as those that are saved, sanctified. However, there is, when we stand before the Lord in that day, it is for rewards of our service unto him. So I wonder what type of rewards could we receive and what will we receive? So uh, what our life could have been, I think that's something that as I thought about, I don't want to see what my life could have been. I want to live to the fullness, to the full potential that God has invested in me. And I think that's something that all of us can do because God has empowered us to live uh, because he's given us the ability. He's given us power. You shall receive power after that which the Holy Ghost has come upon you. So with that being said, uh, I want to read a few scriptures here that as we go into the uh, the 19th chapter of Ezekiel, 
Ezekiel 1 said, Now it came to pass in the thirteenth year, in the fourth month, in the fifth day of the month, as I was among the captives by the river of Chabar, that the heavens were open, and I saw the vision of God. Ezekiel was, held, was captive because of the situation that they found themselves in that brought them into a place of captivity, and he was one that was captive. Uh, Jeremiah was captive. Daniel was captive, and there are many others that was captive because of what the nation had done. The second uh, chapter of Ezekiel, the four, one through fourth verse says, And he said unto me, Son of man, stand upon thy feet, and I will speak unto thee. And the Spirit entered into me when he spoke unto me, and when he spake unto me, and set me up on my feet, that I heard him that spake unto me. And he said unto me, Son of man, I send thee to the children of Israel, a, to a rebellious nation that have rebelled against me. They and their fathers have transgressed against me until this very day. For they are uh, impudent children and stiff-hearted. I do send thee unto them, thou shalt say unto them, thus saith the Lord. Uh, I want you to, to catch something that is being done here. The third chapter in the first verse said, Moreover, he said unto me, Son of man, eat thou, eat that thou findest, eat this roll, and go and speak unto the house of Israel. The sixth chapter, first verse says, And the word of the Lord came unto me, saying, Seventh chapter, Moreover, the word of the Lord came unto me, saying, The eighth chapter, It shall come to pass in the sixth year, in the sixth month, in the fifth day of the month, as I sat in my house, and the elders of Judah sat before me, that the hand of the Lord fell upon me. The twelfth chapter, the word of the Lord also came unto me, saying, Thirteenth chapter, and the word of the Lord came unto me, saying, Son of man, prophesy against the prophets of Israel that prophesy, and say thou unto them that prophesy out of their own hearts, Hear ye the word of the Lord. And the word of the Lord came unto me, saying, this is the 15th chapter, the 16th chapter, again the word of the Lord came unto me, saying, Son of man, cause Jerusalem to know. The word of God keeps coming, and it has came from century, decades, generation after generation. The word of God is continually coming because God wants people to know. He wants us to know. He wanted the people that preceded us to know, and he wants the people, if he should tarry, our children and our children's children and those that will come after us to know. This theme, this melody, this signature tune is consistently being repeated throughout the book of Ezekiel, and that is for Israel to listen. God does not just speak for us not to listen. Are you a good listener? This is one of the most, I found out later on that I found out that one time I was not a good listener and I had to learn to practice being a good listener that is more valuable than being a talker. The Bible said, he that have an ear, let him hear what the spirit says to the church. I need to hear what the spirit is saying to the church. I'm part of the church. I'm part of the body of Christ. I need to hear 
just like our natural ears here, uh, there's danger over there. Don't walk through that because there's broken glass and, and rusty nails over there. Don't. If it wasn't for our hearing, we would we would stumble through that and get cut and hurt and damaged and injured in all kind of ways. We hear the siren and we pull over. We hear someone say stop. We hear someone say go. Our hearing is very important. Those two things on the side of our heads that, that some of us have oddly shaped and others, some larger than others, and, but it's a blessing to have hearing. It's a blessing to be able to hear what we hear in the natural and it is a blessing to hear what we hear in the spirit. Are you a good listener? Do you practice being a good listener? Some of us have a tendency to try to finish someone's subject or what they're saying before they complete it. We're trying to finish it. Let the person that is talking finish what they're saying first, even if you already understand it. Even if you're clear, let them finish their thought. And then if you truly understand it, repeat it back to them so you can have an intelligent conversation about what needs to be done. Don't nod your head as if you fully understand it. Wait and listen. Be a good listener. Do you practice being a good listener? It was brought to my attention that God was looking for a response. The Lord wasn't just sending a message to Ezekiel, saying, Ezekiel, speak to these people. Ezekiel, uh, my hand is up on you, stirring his mind up. It wasn't just the spirit of God just moving up on him. And we don't we note that we don't see the spirit of God moving up on him and he doing cartwheels and running up and down the aisles or anything of that nature. It is a time for him to listen at what the Lord is saying, because his responsibility is to cause Jerusalem to know, cause them to understanding, knowing, understand where you are, who you are. What's going on with you? That is the responsibility of whomever God wants to use is to bring about an understanding. He's looking for a response. Do we, are we, are you responding to the Lord's desire? Or do we make excuses? What are we doing? What are you doing? What are people doing? The first thing, the first and foremost is for us to understand what we're doing as individuals. Because if we aren't doing, then we can't expect any other to do. We must do. God is not only, uh, God is not the only one that knows what we're doing and what we're not doing. Whatever spirit that is near you know what you are doing. Acts 19, 15 through 17, it says, and I'm not going to read all of those verses, but it says, the evil spirit answered and said, Jesus, I know. And Paul, I know. But who are you? So uh, people like to say, you don't know nothing about me. You don't know where I've been, so you don't know where I'm going. And that may be true. I, I, don't, I don't have to see you. But the Bible said the eyes of the Lord are going to and fro in the earth 
And not only are the eyes of the Lord going to and fro on the earth, but we see here in Acts when they met a person that had an evil spirit, that that spirit spoke out of that person to those that was present and said, Jesus, I know. His disciple Paul, I know. But who are you? You're trying to use authority that you don't have. And we're not going to go into all of that. I just want to point out that that there's nothing that is invisible or hidden about us. Matter of fact, in the book of Revelation, the Bible said there is one that stand that stood before the Lord accusing, making accusation against. In other words, uh, that spirit that was standing before the Lord making accusations knew what it was saying about you and about me. It knew what it was saying. Thank God for the blood of Jesus Christ that was shed on Calvary for each of us. It is through his blood that covers us so that those accusations don't stick. Uh, you know, they like to talk about Teflon Don, but let, let's put it in its proper perspective. The blood of Jesus Christ causes things not to stick to us because we because we find ourselves covered in his blood. The Bible gives us one message. There's one message throughout the entire Bible that leads us to reconciliation, joins us back together with God. And so I, I want you to, I want to ask the question, do, what do you think God's message is? What do you think his message is? So many people, uh, they're, they're, uh, it, it, that this one message embodies so many other messages, but there is one message uh, that is from Genesis to Revelation. And it centers on the word that I mentioned, reconciliation. Sometimes we need to be reminded to do uh, something very particular, it's a six-letter word. I left that blank on the syllabus for, for you to fill in. But we need to do this with a true conviction for what we are saying unto the Lord. Now, when I say conviction, I'm talking about fully persuaded, uh, that we wholeheartedly mean what we mean and we say what we mean unto the Lord. But it brings us into the area of reconciliation. And this is what Ezekiel message and what he was saying and what he was exhorting and what he was ministering to the people was to bring them back to reconciliation even though God knew and understand understood where they were and their mindset the 19th chapter it says moreover take thou up a lamentation lamentation is the expression of grief for the princesses of Israel, and say, what is thy mother, a lioness? She, she lay down among lions. She nourishes her whelps among young lions. She brought up one of her whelps. It became a young lion, and it learned to catch the prey. Not only did it learn to be a good hunter and catch its prey, but it began devouring men. The nations also heard of him and was taken and it was taken in their pit. They set a trap and caught this young lion 
and brought him with chains into the land of Egypt. Now when she saw that, uh, that she had wanted or waited and her hope was lost, then she took another of her wealth and made him a young lion. She trained up another lion, another babe, and this lion also went up and down among the lions and became a young lion and learned to catch prey and devour men. It became even worse, more fierce than the previous uh, lion that had been raised by her. And he knew their desolate places, palaces, and, and laid waste to their city, and the land was desolate and uh, fullness thereof by the noise of his roaring. <coughs> <clears throat> then the nation set against him on every side. They, they gathered together and said, you know what? This lion is even greater than the other lion, the promises. And they spread their net over him, and he was taken in their pit. They captured him, and they put him in a ward and chains and brought him to the king of Babylon. They brought him into holes that his voice should no more be heard among the mountains of Israel. They brought him to the king of this great and mighty ferocious lion was presented to the king of Babylon. Look how great this lion is, O king. We bring him as a trophy of being captured, no longer a threat to anybody. This is what the enemy had did with Israel, brought them into captivity. Israel is no longer a threat to anyone. Even though God is there, is the God of Israel, God is with them, God is, is yet speaking to them, they are held captive by Babylon. They're being held captive in their situation. They're being held, looked at as a trophy. The king of Babylon could look and say, look, we have the children of Israel in bondage. This nation that so many others were afraid of. This nation that, that have won many battles. They have seen many miracles. And their God has been feared among the masses. We have them in captivity. He goes on to say, thy mother is like a vine in thy blood. Planted by the water. She was fruitful, full of branches by reason of many waters. And she had strong rods for the scepter of them that bear rule. And her statue was exalted up among the thick branches, and she prepared in her height with the multitude of her branches. In other words, this vine, this plant, was great. It grew very great and strong. It was so great and strong that that the, the, the scepters, the, 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 what the kings were using as a symbol of their royalty would be, was, was harnessed from uh, this vine. <clears throat> but look what has happened. She was plucked up in fury. She was cast down to the ground and the east wind dried up her fruit. Her strong rod was broken and withered and fire consumed them. And now she is planted in the wilderness in a dry and thirsty ground. What was once fruitful has now dried up. And fire is gone out of the rod of her br uh, uh, branches 
which have devoured her fruit so that she have no strong rod to be scepter to rule, no longer mighty, no longer strong, no longer powerful, but is wimpy now. This is a lamentation and shall be for a lamentation. It's going to be a very grievous and sore thing to think about. Why were the lions captured? Why did the vine wither and lose its fruit? Both lamentations indicate an action or a lack thereof and the consequences that follow. We don't like the consequences that follow us sometimes, even though we're the cause of it. I, I, I'm the first to raise my hand to know that there are things that I did that brought about consequences that I didn't like. And what was the need of me praying about it and saying, Lord, bring me out. Many times we find ourselves, people find themselves in a situation and they want to pray and ask God to bring them out. And, and that's not what he wants to do. God does not want to bring us out of a situation. We're supposed to learn from our situation. And there is a six letter word that that I left blank on the syllabus that we're supposed to do that aids us through the situation. I, I love what the Lord said. He said, if you're uh, I, in, in the scripture, it says that if you're if you're overtaken and I, I'm paraphrasing this, but it tells us that if we're overtaken in a fault and we get and we find ourselves in trouble. The Bible said that we take that chastisement patiently because then it brings about peaceable fruit. Uh, we don't not supposed to complain. Oh, I'm going through because of the consequence of my uh, I'm dealing with. It. No, we have to deal with it. And the Bible said it brings about fruit. It brings about good results, even to the extent God said he chasing those that he loved. So Israel has found themselves in a situation because there was a lack of action and the consequences that follow. We can avoid many sorrows by humbling ourselves instead of being humble. We can stop. We have the ability to stop. We have the ability to go. We have the ability to, to, to move about and to, to set ourselves free Instead of finding ourselves captive, Israel could have easily, many times, stopped, but they kept getting caught up over and over and over again. Let me, let me share something with you. Sin is not something that comes, you know, when we see a, a big truck coming at us, uh, we know to stay on the sidewalk. We know to avoid it. We know to stay out the way. But what about those little things that we don't see? The little things that we allow to, to, to creep in and we say, well, you know, it's just a little thing. You know, I'm all right. Well, you know, after a while, don't little things add up? Huh? Little things add up after a while. And, and so it's no longer little. It becomes large. And this is what Israel did. And after a while, it was large. It was overwhelming. It was overwhelming. And so their actions, consequences, but we can avoid those sorrows by humbling ourselves instead of being humble. We humble ourselves. We have to practice 
practice humbling ourselves when we find ourselves wrong or in a and when I say wrong, it doesn't necessarily mean sin. You, you could be wrong. You'd be having a conversation and, and saying something incorrectly. And pride won't let you uh, admit that you're that you're wrong. You know, but if you humble yourself, you'll say, hey, you know what? I, I, I was wrong in what I was saying. It, it doesn't hurt to, to say I'm wrong. It doesn't hurt to say I'm sorry. It doesn't hurt to apologize and, and to keep things moving forward. It causes an appreciation. And it's so priceless to be among people that know how to say, you know, I, I didn't have that correctly. Maybe it was bad information or maybe you have the right information, but you felt it should go a certain way. Humble, just being humble, just being humble instead of being humbled by someone or being humbled by God. What is repentance? This is a compound word from the word meta, which means at men or with or uh, which means to exercise the mind. Thus, the word literally means accompanied by an exercise of the mind or with understanding. We, we look at repentance so often as being to feel sorry for what you've done. Yes, that's the verbal mean of repent. Uh, or repentance to be sorry for what you've done when you repent you acknowledge what you did and, and, and vow to change your ways the word repent itself comes from an old old French word uh, repenter uh, which means to feel regret for sin or crimes but repentance doesn't necessarily mean you did something wrong most of the time we associate it with wrongdoing but it means a change of mind. In the Greek, it literally means change of mind, and it has nothing to do with guilt or shame, but a new direction. So there are two types of uh, definitions for repentance that has, been, that has just been mentioned that we all need to be aware of. First, we should be ashamed, and we should repent of sin. And that's what Israel would not do. And they would not change the direction. They thought that they could hide from God. And you might, you might hide. As they say, you might run, but you can't hide. We've experienced both types of repentance, which is acceptable by the Lord, family, and friends. Israel refused to change their mind and ignored all convictions to the point that the Lord said, this is a rebellious, a disobedient, unruly, defiant people, defiant nation that have rebelled against me. They and their fathers have transgressed against me even until this very day, for they are impotent. They are bold. They are rude. They are disrespectful. Children and stiff-necked, stiff-hearted. They're stubborn. We don't want none of those things. We don't ever, you don't ever want to be found like that. Not now. And maybe we may have acted like that before, but now we've come to the knowledge of the truth and we're to walk in the light. Israel knew this, but yet refused to change their ways. Not only were they mentally and emotionally messed up, 
they felt it was possible to hide their activity from the Lord. You can hide from me. That's okay because I'm not interested in seeing what you do unless it's funny. I'm, I'm nobody. Just telling everybody about somebody more important than me. Okay? Uh, while, I, while I have this chance, while I have this opportunity. William Booth, the founder of the Salvation Army, to the uh, King of England said this. He said, sir, some men find passion for gold, other men passion for fame, but my passion is for souls. The message from Genesis to Revelation is a evangelistic message about people being reconciled to God. When Jesus was here on earth, he said the son of man doesn't have a place to lay his head. What did Jesus do when he was here? He went from place to place ministering, healing, causing the blind to see, helping people. That's what Jesus did while he was here. Jesus was not standing behind a podium. He stood on the side of the hill. He, went, he, he pushed out in a boat that time, and he ministered to people. But Jesus was evangelizing and teaching others about salvation and being reconciled back to God. That was the ministry why he was here. The apostles and everyone. Remember, he said, upon this rock will I build my church. He's talking to Peter, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Upon this very foundation of my word is what the church is going to be built upon. So the establishing of the church had not been birthed yet. While Christ was here, he was working and ministering to others. From Genesis to Revelation, behold, I'm written in the volume of the book. The book is written about me. Everything we're reading as we examine the word of God is about Christ and the work that he would do. Hmm. We have about 200 invitations that Cornerstone need to be prayerfully passing out to seed and to plant and water. The Bible tells us in Corinthians, it says, who then is Paul and who is Apollos? but ministers by whom we believe, even as the Lord gave to every man. I have planted Apollo's water, but God give the increase. So then, neither is he that planteth anything. I'm not nothing. I don't think I'm anything. I think I'm just blessed to be able to talk about the Lord. Neither is he that watereth, but he that giveth the increase is God. God giveth the increase. Now, he that planteth and he that watereth is one. So it's a teamwork. It's an effort. And everyone shall receive his own reward according to his own labor. With a glad heart to be here, attitudes, we are deliverers of you. E-U. You. Euphoria. Good thoughts. Good things. E-U means good, will, easy, normal. It is normal. It's not abnormal to be without God and to have a good life. It's normal to be with the Lord. And many people are seeking the Lord. 
Many people want to know God, but they want to know him in truth and righteousness. They want to know him in his love, his peace, and his joy. They want to know him in his correction on, so that they can do things right. People want to know how to do things right. They don't want to do things wrong. They want to know how can they do it right. We already messed up because our parents was messed up. Their parents was messed up. Their parents was messed up. But now we've come to the light. And we're to walk in it. The Bible said when you come to the light, walk in it. To our listening audience, if you have any questions regarding anything that has been said this evening, please send uh, those questions to service at connectingtruth.org. Send your questions or comments to service at connectingtruth.org or click the tab on the, um, on the podcast page. You can leave even a voicemail message there. All emails are handled with confidentiality as governed by this law in the state of California. This is Pastor Carl Henderson at Cornerstone Apostolic Church saying God bless you, your family, and your friends.